Welcome to the Hobby of a Lifestyle podcast, a show that looks at how our passions impact lives and drive career choices. I'm Andy Gray, a former national and world champion kickboxer. During my shows, I'll be talking with athletes, coaches, fans and more as I delve into their world to find out what inspired them on their journey. Welcome to Hobby of a Lifestyle. I'm joined by an original member of the hugely popular franchise, The Mighty Ducks, Matt Doherty. Matt was in all three films and recently reprised his role in the new series Game Changers on Disney+. Matt, it was just a great guy to sit down and chat with, and we discussed everything from his journey from childhood to acting to theatre, writer and more. Let's find out the whole story. Good evening, Matt. Welcome to Hobby of a Lifestyle. How are you today? I'm pretty good, man. And yourself? Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you very much. Thanks very much for coming on the on the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for staying up late. I think you're probably, it's probably pretty late over there. Huh? It's it's 10 past 11. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah, 11, 10 yeah. PM, but I don't mind. I don't mind at all. Matt, just for listeners, what is it that people may most commonly associate you with, especially at the moment? Uh, well, I would say at the moment, uh, if, the, if there was a Jeopardy question about it, it would probably have something to do with my association, my uh, loose lifelong association with the <laughs> yeah. Mighty Ducks franchise. So yeah, I was a, I was uh, uh, fortunate enough to be in um, all, uh, geez, all three of the Mighty Ducks oh. films and now the the Game Changers TV show, yeah. Yeah, which is pretty amazing. So, Matt, if we go back to childhood, where it all began, what kind of things were you into as a child, hobbies-wise? Hmm. You know, This is very much a kind of a sport-dominant podcast. However, it's not, not everyone that comes on is from a sporting background. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting to find out what yours was. Uh, well, it's really funny. Uh, sports were huge in my, um, uh, life. I, um, it's funny. Like I, I've, I've, I've lived so many lives and when you do something like this and, and, and they reboot it, it's like, there's a moment where you, you, if you're conscious with yourself, you, you kind of reflect. So it's interesting. You ask about these things. Um, and I, I was reflecting along the journey having um i've also taught uh like different jobs along the way and i remember teaching uh physical education um with another teacher at a school like a long-term substitute thing and um right and i remember the guy was talking about how like it was hard to reach these kids these days because none of them wanted to play they all had trainers this is california you're right and everybody they couldn't show up to to practice and the things because they all had their schedule of the various people that would come to the house okay and he's like the whole point is to be together. Um, yeah. And so if you, you ask that question, like I, if I close my eyes, I can think of being a really bad little league baseball player. Okay. Um, with, uh, you know, that was never really that good. My yeah. dad was the coach and he right. thought that would give you some kind of special umbrage and it didn't, uh, <laughs> you know, my dad, my dad was like way too, like we went to like the, the, the like little league world series of the, almost oh. like almost there. Wow. So our city had this strange, like there was actual major league ball players, and and so uh, I was not one of them. Right. But I would say my. Um, but if I think about those times, like sitting on the bench, making friends, um, developing a love of of that game, and then that then became hockey. Right. When I uh, when I did Mighty Ducks, um, and because I've um, I always wanted to be like to feel that like uh, I was a little guy, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a late bloomer, right? And so to feel like I found a sport that I uh, was good at, yeah. Um, and I felt that sense of esteem, and like, uh, and it was, um, 
and I could actually let my body do what, oh, why? This is the way it's actually working, yeah, you yeah. know? So, and that carried um, definitely through uh, a lot of my life. And then, of course, around that same time, and before then, I was always writing since I was a little kid. I sit at the typewriter when I was like seven or eight. Right. Um, which is crazy. I yeah. sit at a typewriter when I was six or seven. Um, there'll, be, there'll be children listening to this. What's a typewriter? Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, um, um, and I'd sit on these phone books, on these uh, old Chicago area phone books. They'd say, phone book? What's a phone book? Right. <laughs> and then, and in order to get at the keys. And so uh, it's like writing and sports have always been a huge part of my life. And they yeah. still are today. I mean, it's, uh, and then I was fortunate enough when you do um, when you do these experiences like a movie or something like that, there's so much downtime, yeah. you know, and you meet as a kid adults. And then like the negative side is like, as a little kid, you're not really an adult, but you start to pretend like you are one. Yeah, of course. Um, and then you pay that price later on in your twenties. But like, um, but I remember being like associating with like, people who had worked with these like incredible writers that I was reading about. Right. And I was, and they were like this touch and I'd be like, wait, that guy worked with Tennessee Williams, the great playwright. And then I'd read the yeah. work and, and then I hear the story and then, and then somebody passed me a guitar and okay. taught me how to play the blues. And um, so like my whole life has been changed by like, Duck. So when you reached out about like the idea of what we do as a avocation, what we do to bring joy into our lives, yeah, yeah. you know, they are, it's so connected to, yeah, yeah. to the ducks because that oh. experience allowed me to, to connect with these like real life mentors. Yeah. The of guy course. who really taught us how to play hockey. Yeah. The yeah. person who really taught me how to like go and read a Kurt Vonnegut book when I was 14 years old wow. and go, Hey, you should read that. And, yeah, yeah. and then I was like, I worship this dude. He was like, so cool. You know, I was like, I, so I read the book and the next thing I know, I'm, you know, I'm still doing what I do today. Yeah. So. Yeah. So how did the Mighty Ducks film come around the first time? You know, um, you, you've, you, you, you've talked about writing, you've talked about sport. You, you didn't necessarily meant, you didn't necessarily mention acting in there. Yeah. Uh, I just have been, I, I, ever since I was a tiny little, uh, I mean, I think I was eight or nine, nine years old when I okay. went to my first audition. Right. Um, and it was just a, um, it was a whim. Uh, I think it was because my mom and her best friend who uh, they wanted to go down into the city to what we call the water tower place mall, which was okay. like the hip part of town on Michigan Avenue in Chicago. Right. And it was like Christmas time. And so they just wanted to shop and like the audition was across the street from there. And, okay. and I just, I was reading a newspaper. I don't know why. I only think I read the newspaper because Michael J. Fox did it in a TV show <laughs> called Family Ties. Right. And I loved Michael J. Fox. Yeah, like, he's I was a like, oh my God, Back to the Future is oh, yeah, little like guy. He was amazing. like one of my personal heroes for many, many reasons. Yeah. And, and, uh, and so I was reading the paper and I saw that they were looking for redheads and I, no one pushed me. I just, um, I don't know why, man. I mean, I just feel like I looked and I'd done a play. I'd done Sherlock Holmes at school and like right. love, I love doing the like the two hats. I pretended I yeah, had the yeah. thing and I made my own pipe and I pretended to be British and made people laugh. Amazing. Because I tripped over, I think I tripped over my, I brought my dad's raincoat. Okay. Um, to like be Sherlock Holmes. It was, uh, and, um, 
and I tripped over it. And everybody in the audience laughed. And I was like, oh, I made people laugh. <laughs> and so I uh, and so I guess that just kind of like everyone always asked, did your parents push you? And she was like, I don't know, man. I just looked in the ad in the paper. And, yeah, hey, yeah. You know? And it's so good that your parents were supportive and actually just allowed oh, you yeah. to, to do that on a whim as well, isn't it? Because you do hear about a lot of parents pushing kids to almost parents live vicariously through the children, don't yeah, they? That wasn't, that wasn't the case here, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really good. So you've went for an audition. I mean, were you really expecting to get anything from that? Oh, uh, no, no, God, no. Um, I just, we waited all day. Then they went around. And here's another thing, kids. There's a Polaroid camera. <laughs> it's like, that's yeah. it. And then they like, there was like hundreds of us. We all looked the same. We all like, I had real red hair and freckles, you know? And, yeah. and I, and they just, I, um, and they snapped photos of everybody and they were like, looked at the photos, like you come back, you come back, you come back, you come back. And I, and then I came back and I read, and then I met Gary Marshall, the legend Gary Marshall, who was, a, um, who, who, you know, directed happy days, yeah. uh, is, is, is one of the Kings of comedy. Yeah. Um, and his sister, Penny Marshall, the two of them, God rest both. Their soul. You know, they're just legends. Right. Yeah. And, um, and I got to meet him because I got somehow I got to the final of this movie. It was called Overboard with Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Yeah, great film. Yeah, right. Great and film. Um, um, I got somehow to the final of the regionals because they wanted real kids. They didn't want, you know, uh, yeah. Hollywood, the things you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, and of course. Gary Marshall, I was so nervous. And Gary Marshall saw I was just so nervous. And he goes, hey, kid, what do you do for fun? And I was like, well, I guess I knew gymnastics and swimming. And which was true, right? Yeah, yeah. And so he says, do a handstand. And I did a handstand. I kind of fell. I made him laugh. As you did. And he goes, you're funny, kid. Get an agent. And um, wow. I, uh, so we looked up in the phone book and looked up the first one alphabetical. And uh, that's it. Again, a phone book, right? And then yeah, we, yeah. Sent the, we sent the photo in and I booked my very first audition wow. uh, after that, um, which was Home Alone. Oh, and, right. uh, okay. And then I, uh, then I booked my first commercial audition, which was this like Lon John Silver's commercial with uh, Anna Klumsky from My Girl. Yeah, yeah. The two of us were in that together. It was crazy. Wow. And uh, I, uh, um, I had a whole bunch of lines that I couldn't memorize. Uh, and then I, uh, uh, and then I just, I mean, then I was like, well, this is easy. <laughs> <laughs> I keep getting and jobs. Then, uh, and then, yeah, but that, that was the time when if you were an actor in Chicago or a kid actor like myself, um, it was this moment in time where, like, it was popular because all the ad agencies were in Chicago. Yeah. And so, like, in the commercials, and so they never traveled to L.A., to London or New York it, to yeah. go and wine and dine at that point. They wanted to make it um, cheap for the clients. So that was when like it was really good to be an actor in Chicago. Um, so cause they, all the work was being done there. And then at that point I was lucky because I had that red hair and freckles and they wanted that all American bite and smile thing. Yeah, where yeah. I could, you know, Hey, take a bite of the cereal and, and, uh, and say you like it. And, um, and I was just good at that. Yeah. Um, and then that's just well, eating of, cereal or smiling. That's it, man. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a task. It's a, yeah, it's yeah. a hard task. So yeah, and then just like that, that, and then then Fred Savage got Wonder Years, and he was yeah, a Chicago yeah. guy, 
And so then it became really popular in Hollywood to cast movies out of the Midwest. Right. Um, because everybody, uh, and then that's how I ended up getting the Mighty Ducks audition. I mean, I, your life must have changed dramatically when you got that, that role. Oh, God, yeah. It was, I mean, uh, um, it was, yeah, and it was, it was, I was like 15. So I yeah, was like, yeah. like I said, I, I was, I was one of the older kids because I, yeah, I looked yeah. really young, you know? Yeah. Uh, I looked like a, like a cherub and uh, um, it did, you know, I didn't know it, um, but uh, we didn't know we were making a franchise, right? We just yeah, thought yeah, we were course. making um, this movie and I don't think anyone knew that that would be um that it would launch that disney had this like master plan to yeah. get into the nhl <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you know? i know wow it's incredible <laughs> you know? isn't it uh, uh i just know um that it was an experience that uh just changed my life um yeah. in every conceivable way and uh so it's really weird to then go back to like your freshman year in high school where you don't know anybody yeah uh, and then be like this mythical kid who had gone off to do a movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I just, I remember my dad made me um, work at Aurelio's Pizza Place. Right. Um, which was the local pizza spot. Okay. Just so I wouldn't get a big head. Oh, and, right. Uh, okay. Wow. Just like my brothers, like my yeah, brother's yeah. head. And then, um, and then I just wanted to be in the school play and, um, and then they made the second one, you know, and it was just kind of like uh, from there, uh, and then on the third ducks, that's when I met those real pros. Yeah, yeah. Said, you know, you're you're you seem like you're a real professional. Like, want to make a life out of this artist, dude. Yeah. Um, why don't you go to school and leave all this and and go, uh, you know, uh, find something to say. And so when I was 18 years old, I um I kind of like left the industry to to uh, you know go to study theater and study right. writing and um and then learn to be a, an artist and. And then it's just been that kind of path ever since, ups and downs. Yeah, I, I mean, okay, you've kind of you've we've talked a little bit there about the ducks and how it's changed your life, and it it has it sounds like it's made you go. I now really want to concentrate on the art side of it, and I want to be a writer, and I want to be a musician, and I want to and I want to concentrate. So, at eighteen, what 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 did you do then? You you went to study. Where did you go to study? I went to Northwestern. Okay, uh, which is in uh, outside of Chicago, and. Um, and uh, I never would have gotten that school had I not been in the Ducks too. So it was like really a pretty uh, incredible um, experience. Uh, so it's a bold decision though for someone who's 18 years old, who's had a huge success in a franchise yeah. to leave the industry. Was were, were the people in the background saying, no Matt, look at this is, it's fortuitous. You should be in here. This is can set you up for life. I, I mean, you might've made enough money from, from those films and the things that you did, prior to that as well and in between but was it was it easy to to leave the the industry it's a great question man um i mean i i don't know if i ever really did i mean i um yeah. i went to i went to college and then um i i think it wasn't a difficult decision when I met a couple character actors and stuff who were like, dude, you, uh, you got theater in your bones. You, you're, and they'd all gone to theater school and they'd right. all, um, uh, and they were like, um, you should go, um, train. And there was this part of me that was like, 
um, I'm not going to, you know, this cute kid thing um, is probably not going to last. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, um, and it's just, I guess it's just really strange when you've had such a, a massive success at a young age, you know, you're, yeah. it's funny how I, I mentioned Anna Klumsky, um and uh, I haven't spoken to her in many years, but we were really, we had, we got to work together a lot and yeah, we shared very similar paths and, and she's on a um, Veep right now and she had totally left everything. And, right. But she had gone to the University of Chicago to, um, same kind of thing, to leave, to go study, I think, history and right. um, to feel uh, a sense of groundedness, I guess. I don't know. I'm not a mind reader. Um, yeah, yeah. I know I, I, sp- uh, I was fortunate I spoke to Justin Wong earlier in the week and he had said that acting as he got older and performing as a kid it was very raw it was very naive he was just being a child and that actually going to study then to, to, to work on the craft and actually le- learn the the whole characteristics and everything around acting which just wasn't something at the time that he he wanted to pursue he quite liked the fact that he didn't as a child but it was very natural it was very raw and he wanted to pursue something totally different rather than having to learn the craft again if that makes sense Oh yeah. Yeah. I love, I love Justin. He's one of my favorite humans in the world. And, and, and he, you know, played Ken Wu and yeah, yeah. in the movies, but he's just, he's just got, you know, we got, we're cut from kind of similar cloth, you know, we just kind of got artists on our pinnings, you know? Yeah. Get that opinion. Uh, you kind of go, uh, I want to play some music. I want, you know, I'm, I'm like, um, and it's not an easy road. I mean, it's not, um, that, uh, and there are times where I'm like, did I make these wrong? I mean, I be, would be a liar if I didn't say I didn't have moments where I was like, uh, man, I could have been on Freaks and Geeks. I yeah. could have been done. And then from Freaks and Geeks, been a part of the, you know, Seth Rogen crew. Because we're all yeah, yeah. part of the same thing. And, wow. you know, and, and like the decisions you make, um, you know, you think about what a small, like you think about like, um, these like near misses and these moments and these shifts and like the fact that like I was one of the last 50 people for um, the Mickey Mouse club when I was 10, you know, wow. and you know, Ryan Gosling, you know, yeah, like, yeah. you know it's just like small margins. Um, yes. They're, they're, they're small margins. And I think in this industry, you can spend your life holding your breath. Yeah. And um, I, and it's not, you end up, losing air you know it's not good when you hold your breath you know what i mean so yeah yeah. i uh um and i also you know knew when i was 18 uh, there was a i had some habits and appetites that weren't the best and um so i think i i feel that um these guys saved my life okay wow wow Uh, do you mind talking about that a little bit because i think it's 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 important to to kind of highlight that it's not all yeah yeah, I mean, it was um, it was a time where you know, like, I mean, you know, I liked the party, and yeah, yeah. Um, and that was just starting for me, and yeah, yeah. Uh, um, on that particular you know path. Uh, so like that that time, um, like if I really look back with hindsight, it's like, man, I'm really glad everything worked out the way it did, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, is that do you think that was easier for you to party because you joined? the Mighty Ducks franchise at a later age when you were starting to discover that side of life? Because I know certainly yeah, in the I mean, UK, yeah, that's is, what a lot of this, A lot of this is like right around that same time yeah, when yeah. I was 18, 18, 19 years old. And 
and all that stuff. And um, man, I'm so grateful today that I uh, that I didn't just get on a plane when I was 19 years old and come out to yeah, Los yeah. Angeles. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's like that great. Um, I have a friend who's from Ireland. He's like, he's like, oh, another another drunk Mick in, in London. You know, it's like, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, you know, there's that thing. And yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I, uh, if I could, you know, remember that moment, and and they're so connected for me. Like you talk about hobbies, and you talk about creativity. You talk yeah, about yeah. the things we we fill our lives with that are positive, and um, so like you, we talk about that moment, and. Um, they're very interconnected, you know. Yeah, definitely. So it's, uh, um, yeah, it's it's not so. It's it's such a it's such a ridiculous. Like I was looking through, I found a photo, uh, my first headshot, and I was like, oh my god, I've been doing this thing for thirty years, man. I know. Well, it's, it's funny. I was I was talking to my um my little girl because I've got three little girls, and I made my 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 eldest and my middle girl watch the Mighty Ducks films. I was just like, we're gonna watch them. It's coming back out. Why don't we do that? And my eldest was like, oh, "You're speaking to the funny one. You're speaking to the funny one. Is he still gonna? <laughs> is he still gonna look like the little redhead boy?" And I'm like, "Yeah, no, I he's, am he's, still. He's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's he's older than me now, you know. Yeah, by couple, got, only, only by a couple of years, but he's, he's older than me. He looks younger, but he's older than me." Yeah, but the cool thing about it all was like when we all got back together and did the thing. Yeah, we yeah. were all hanging out up in Vancouver doing the shoot. We were all like, "Oh my god, none of us have really changed." <laughs> you know? Not at all. And it reminds me of. Um, I was sitting, we actually got a chance to hang with some friends. Uh, my lady and I, we, we had, one, you know, with all this year we've all been living with, and we got a nice little, like, um, we celebrated a friend of ours' birthday in the backyard and all that stuff. And, you know, things are just starting to get normal. And her uh, husband is from Australia, and he's a really cool dude. And, um, and he had this theory that we're all just like we were. When we're, no matter how we cut, no matter what we are, like when we're 12 and he's like, when I was 12 and I'm doing an awful Australian, I just wanted to put on my camels and, you know, go off in the jungle and, you know, kind of get lost. And he's yeah. like, and here I am. And he looks at his pants. He's got his camo pants on. And he's like, he's like, still he's the, the same. same way. And he points out, he's got his garden in the back. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, he's like, man, we don't. And it was this really cool moment. And, and how I said, and that's when I said, when I was a kid, five days of school was way too much. I couldn't yeah. do five in a row. I, I had to, I had to find some stupid reason to stay home, get away with it. Cause I could charm you. Yeah. Um, and then make sure the house was alone was nobody was around. And I would take out my, my writing and all my little toys and I'd, uh, um, and I write a story about it and I'm like, it's kind of the way I am today, man. <laughs> so writing like, stories. I've got my little toys and I don't want to work five days a week. So it's great. <laughs> I, I, I love that. I love that. So after college, you've went to, you've went to retraining. You've went to, you've went to train as a, as a th- in theater and in writing. What was the progression after that? Cause you said it's been, you know, it's not always been easy, but you've, you've, that's the, the route that you want to pursue. So just tell me a little bit more about that. Uh, oh, it's just, um, I mean, I, I was so fortunate to be at Northwestern with, which is at the time was one of the best theater programs in, in the country, in the world, you know, wow. still is go cats. Um, and like, <laughs> I mean, like I got to be exposed to, um, you know, making real art make, cause I, I think I discovered when I was, a uh, on those sets because I was around sound dudes who loved Bob Marley 
yeah. or, or such and such who gave me a book about Dylan. And my brother Dan was with me on Docs 3 and he was older and I'm the youngest. So everything you're, you know, and I got to be exposed to like folk singer songwriters and, and, um, and I just soaked it all up like a sponge. Wow. I think I realized that I wanted more. I, I had a voice. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, and, you know, so that's, so when you, like, you start the thing and you just start making stuff. And then we, we had this like great little warehouse space that we were allowed to, uh, to play in. And I got to, um, and that's when I discovered that theater and, and making art um, could be a benefit to society. And, you know, like we, um, we did a play called Tracers, uh, which was uh, um, written in the eighties during the, uh, Vietnam uh, veterans movement and it kind of brought attention to that and uh it's a very incredible like piece and uh was on the public in New York and it had a long it's had a long life in the yeah. theater and and we got to raise money for a local veterans organization and Amazing. and uh and I got to discover that I was really good with leading crews and directors and and um and I uh and then what a crazy life that like decades later I get to meet um the writer and the, all the writers that wrote that play and they became wow. like colleagues and, and like, I didn't even know it. And here I was, was and it was a seminal moment in my life. And I think that's when you realize that when you, when you kind of make this your life, you become part of like this, uh, this circ, this circus side tent. It's a really small community and everybody kind of knows each other, you know, and they're all a little bit of pirates and, uh, and um, you know, and I got to just, one of my mentors says it perfectly. You know, you never know if it's a good career, but it sure is a great life. And yeah. like, uh, because uh, I've had so many, I've had such a weird trajectory because I was driven around on a limo as a kid. And then I drove the limo after that. Yeah, yeah. And then, wow. so it's just a strange perspective on life. Um, yeah. I suppose it's so nice like, that you've seen it from both sides though. And you, oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. understand the, the industry kind of from both from inside and out really now. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you just kind of find what you uh, um, love to do. And I, uh, I've always been real facile. And, and then I just, uh, over the years, just gradually narrowed my focus to, to you know, I'm like really, it's just unfortunate that the things I kind of excel at and, uh, and have put in 20 to 30,000 hours of that are like folk music, <laughs> playwriting, and like and writing satire. <laughs> so it's like, they're super competitive. And they're, yeah, uh, yeah. but like it, in the end, what it really comes down to is uh, it, when I teach and when I talk to writers or I talk to everybody, it's like, do you love doing what you do, right? Yeah, and, of course. Uh, and if, if you, it's like, if you play a sport, uh, if you do a thing and you, it's kind of in you for life, you know? Yeah, yeah, massively. Totally understand that. Whether or not you actively play it, it's in your bones, man. Yeah. And like, um, so I, uh, so yeah, I feel like that's um it's just kind of always been that way. And and then yeah. and then I just uh I love to sit and be in the zone and 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 uh and and it's no different than like a basketball player shooting who you know shooting shooting free throws, you know. Yeah, I yeah, love of to course. sit in front of a computer and and uh come up with great material for actors. There's something in me that like I love um creating work that inspires others to be as good as they possibly can be in uh, maybe through some humor. Is it always theater, TV, like, TV everything? 
yeah. I write I write TV and film, yeah. yeah. Everything. Just enjoy writing for, for all genres. Yeah. So like what was it like then? Screenplays. Okay. All right. So what yeah. was it like when you got a phone call, something that was, you know, so long ago to say, Matt, we are renewing the franchise. Would you like to be involved with Game Changers? Oh my God. Uh, I mean, they've been talking about it for so many years, but there's yeah. so many... I think there's so many things because it's such a big franchise. There's the fans that we, nobody wants to disappoint. There's the, um, uh, because none of that is possible without that. Um, then there's just so many entities that are involved and the NHL and the team and all the, I mean, there's so much that I don't know about, about that's way above my pay grade that I think to, to make it all line up and then line up with scheduling it just takes time. I mean, yeah, like any, everything in Hollywood, like there's projects I've been working on for maybe some a decade, some six years, some two wow. years, some three, and like they can all hit at once. But, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like, I think uh, I've known this was coming. I didn't yeah, know yeah. how if I was going to be involved. I didn't know what form it would take. Um, and then when I got an email or a text from Steve Brill, who I, uh, who wrote and, uh, and directed actually the episode, but wrote, all you know the original movie and is is uh this is all his baby uh it was just we were laughing about the white Sox because he knows i'm a white Sox fan right uh, it's just that's a baseball team yeah, we're kind of yeah. like tottenham or Ar- we're kind of like arsenal in london you know we're like, okay uh but you and, were good uh, you were good and now you're not so good but now we're good again all so. right okay <laughs> i don't think they'll ever get back to that standard yeah, anytime soon yeah, yeah and uh but uh it's um uh yeah. So like, and then he says, do you want to come up to um, do this in Vancouver? You got to quarantine for 14 days. Cause that's the whole thing. Yeah. And no. then, then the, then the pandemic hit. Yeah, and, uh, definitely. And, uh, and they had built their own rink wow. uh, in a studio and we got the, and I was just like, dude, it's a chance to play. My literally first response to myself was it's free ice time. So yeah, I, yeah. I was like, this is great. And um and nothing was going on and uh, because of the pandemic time, right? And, uh, and it was really an easy solution to just go up and do it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what was it like putting the skates back on for the first time? I mean, I love I play. I was playing once a week for right. uh, the last couple of years, for sure. So I was missing hockey. So it was a really, yeah, yeah. really big deal for me. I missed I the mean, guys that I was playing with and all that, yeah. What was it nice hooking back up with the, with the guys from the cast again? And... Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, we're all Amazing. family. I bet it was yeah. just like you never you'd seen each other yesterday. Yeah, it is exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And how like was that, t- that experience good going back and, and doing that again? And would you be up for it in the future? Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, I mean, it was um, – I think it's because it's so connected and we all share it. Like, yeah, of literally, course. this film changed our lives. Yeah. So there's almost this, like um, – like, I, I don't want to – I don't know if it's the right word, but, like, mafia-like loyalty – to go you know yeah whatever you want um because um for good or for bad all the warts and all everything that it took in this kid to get out of the midwest of chicago and all that stuff and have the life i've had like is it not it doesn't happen without this yeah so um so there's this like if i can um i would do like uh like if I'm asked to do anything for the ducks, I yeah. just kind of do it. You know? Would you like to write an episode of it then? I uh, I would love to, uh, but I think uh, more would be I'd love to direct the kids. I think that okay. was the thing. Yeah, when I was up there, um, 
there was just watching the kids play and and seeing uh all of it and what it's like to be on a set and how weird that is when you're young and um just uh just that could be really great to be able to full circle wise for me yeah of course uh, as like a to be able to uh i don't know play like some kind of role or or come in and for hockey camp for a week you know yeah yeah that would be great. yeah i mean i was talking to justin wong about it and we were just he was just saying that as a kid what was it like for you when you went back to school back in education now everybody in the world knows who you are or certainly the country i mean it's it was really weird um and uh luckily i had really good teachers um and um and uh but i think all along i just was this kid who um none of it really mattered like what matters really is um like i think if you ask anybody like an athlete or whatever they just want to play the game yeah do you know what i mean and like um to me doing this stuff is the same you know like uh i just um and I think most people, if we're really honest, they, I think a lot of them are, I mean, there's people who like love to be famous and all yeah, that of stuff. Course. And you've got to be a little crazy to do this. You <laughs> must want some sense of outside validation, yeah. but like those people excluded, I think what it really comes down to is like, we just want to play the the game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get <laughs> that. I get that. So what, what are your aspirations moving forward now then? And obviously once things calm down with the pandemic and whatnot, uh, I just got some projects that I've been um, uh, just finalizing and I'm trying to get out there and get seen. And okay. uh, I've never been really good with pushing my own work. So I'm getting better at that. And like, right. I've never been like that kind of a guy uh, and I'm learning to, to navigate that um, and be an advocate uh, for the, the times we're living in, which is this, yeah. you know, real big shift, yeah, you know, putting up oppor- opportunities for, for people who've been marginalized. And I'm, I guess I'm trying to be a, like I'm really trying to be a member, a part of the solution there. Yeah, yeah, and of course. Also deal with how that affects me personally. Yeah. Which, uh, which is, um, so I'm trying to make work that, uh, um, like I, I, I go, I, I hear, I hear what's going on. So yeah. let me be a part of the solution and create work that, that um, celebrates that. And uh, yeah. so I guess that my aspiration is to, is that if I could just help inch that a little forward with like my skill set, which is, yeah, yeah. you know, my heroes are Gene Wilder, Mel Brooks, you yeah, know, yeah. Hal Ashby, these guys that found those sweet spots between comedy and, and drama. And, and uh, you know, so I'm just trying to um, make work like that. that yeah, yeah, of course. Wow. That's amazing. And what would be your one piece of advice you would give someone who's looking to follow in a similar foot, similar footsteps? It ain't easy, but it's so worth it. Uh, and if anyone can talk you out of it, then, um, let them, you know, I mean, it's (laughs) like, uh, I think the thing they don't teach enough in art programs is grit. Yeah. It takes a lot of grit to do this. And and you're going to, I think most people don't realize that like an athlete, for example, or, uh, or a musician or an artist or anything, you're going to deal with rejection. Um, the regular human, I don't know if there's any regular humans, they might, you know, they go to a job interview once and they go to eight interviews and they get a job. They do the thing, but like if you're doing this thing for a life, you're going to be dealing with rejection and highs and lows. Yeah, of course. uh, On a, um, on the reg and in a way 
that's never going to stop and they're going to come at the same time. And, um, and it's confusing. Uh, and, uh, and it's a grind. It can be a grind. So if you don't really love what you're doing, um, and would be happy doing it in a church basement. Yeah. I, re- I remember doing a play and I was had no money. Um, uh, I was having to work construction at the time. And I was working for a guy who was Robert in a play, who was one of Robert De Niro's dudes and, and uh, Barry Primus. He's directed a bunch of stuff. And we were doing this play and I was feeling really shit. And he goes, um, and the phone rang and it was... Uh, he was talking to a guy named Bobby on the other end. And, um, and we were in this storage space theater doing this play. And, uh, and the guy was jealous of us. He was asking about the space and he was asking about what we were doing. He's asking how it was going. He says, then the actors, he says, I'm sitting with the actor right now. We're trying to make this, this moment work. And, and they got off the phone. And it was Robert De Niro who was, uh, stuck in a jet lag in, in Tokyo. And, uh, and I'll never forget that moment because it yeah. reminded me like a similar moment that I heard Al Pacino say, which is if you're not happy doing this in a church basement, then um, you better do something else. Wow. No, that's great advice. And thanks for sharing that story. It's really interesting. Oh man, you're a great, you're an incredible interviewer. So it's really easy. So. Oh, well, I really appreciate that massively. You know, I, I thank you so much for coming on Hobby of Lifestyle and sharing your journey. I've, I've loved hearing every minute of it. I appreciate you, man. This was really, I can't tell you like, it's so nice to. Yeah, I know you said you're 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 just like you're just. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm just just telling you you're you're really you're really good at what you do. Oh, I really appreciate that. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Hobby of a Lifestyle. Stay safe, stay well, and we'll see you next time.